from around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. Now our feature presentation. It began on a pleasant spring day in April. I'd come to the farmer's market in Portland, as this is the best place to go if you enjoy organic foods over the processed stuff the local shops sell. I also find it the best place to gather information. For some weeks now, a strange new drug called Rush had been making its way onto the streets of Portland. This drug has a strange side effect on those who use it regularly, but we'll get into that story another time. I was sitting on a bench watching as various people went about buying and trading their various goods. I was waiting for one of my contacts to turn up, a small-time pusher named Jerry Tibbs. He'd recently gotten word to me that he had info to sell, as he called it, and that this was the place he wanted to meet. It was while I was waiting that I noticed her. A young, attractive woman with raven black hair. She was dressed in a one-piece black suit with a long black jacket. Normally, I wouldn't think anything unusual about this. But you see, she wasn't the only one dressed like this. I counted at least six others mingling in the crowd. They were all dressed in the same type of uniform, right down to the long black coat. And they were all making their way towards me. It didn't take me long to realize that Jerry Tibbs had sold me out to someone. Now normally, human culture doesn't see the real world as it really is. They're not able to perceive most of what is going on around them. But there are those that have been trained to look beyond the masquerade. Those that see the supernatural world. Some work for top secret government agencies. Others tend to gravitate towards religious orders. One of these is known as the Watch. An elite group of men and women who work for the Vatican out of Rome. They tend to dress in black uniforms with black coats. To say the least, I was very concerned. I had had dealings with a watch before. Those were not pleasant experiences. The raven-haired woman started walking towards me. I was about to stand, but suddenly something sharp stabbed me in the chest. I looked down to see a tranquilizer dart sticking out of me. Now that's just rude, I muttered as the dart's contents washed into me. I tried to reach up and pull it out of my chest, but my arms felt like lead weights. I was starting to become light-headed. Normal drugs have no effect on me. But the watch is nothing if not well-equipped to deal with unknowns, such as myself. The last thing I registered before passing out was the woman putting the dart gun back into her coat. Then everything went dark. I don't know how long I was out, but considering where I woke, it must have been a few days. The room was small, but well decorated. There were various paintings on the walls, most of these with images of Christ. Before me was a large wooden desk behind which sat a man I had not seen in many years. Malachi. Father James Tiberius Malachi. I take it I'm in Vatican City? Yes, you are. And it's Cardinal Malachi now, Byron. Well, congratulations on your promotion. What's it been, oh, 
five, ten years since we last met? Actually, you escaped close to forty years now. I guess that's why your hair has turned grey. What did your people use on me? It feels like my head's about to burst. It's a new sedative, specifically created to deal with the other races. It has no effect on humans, but on things like you. It adapts to each person it's used on. I assume it's magic-based, then. Nothing else would have had this effect on me. Yes, something like that. Oh, wonderful. I knew there was a reason I always hated magic. Would it be too much to ask why you brought me here? Well, the reason is quite simple. We need your help, Byron. <laughs> I'm not interested. Can I leave now? Byron, this is very important. You know, the Holy See came to me for help before. Do you know what they did to me after that? Yes, I do. I've read records about it. They held me captive for almost a century. A century, Malachi! Byron, you're not a human being. Christ's great sacrifice was never meant for the likes of creatures like you. The Holy See is always justified in its actions where you are concerned. Like being locked away in the secret catacombs underneath Vatican City. Do you know how often I was beaten there? How often I was tortured? Do you? That would have stopped if you'd answered our questions. It was your stubbornness that brought all of that on. I have no doubt it would still be going on if I hadn't found a way to escape. So, Cardinal Malachi, give me one reason why I should help you now. He's got loose. <sighs> Tell me more. We are not certain how he escaped. About two nights ago, in the catacombs beneath the basilicas, the tunnels were teeming with the remains of the watch stationed there. They were undead. Zombies. Gee, I wonder how that could have happened. You know how it happened. Yes. Yes, I do. I take it you sent some of the Watch to deal with the problem? We did. But once they had eliminated the dead, we discovered he was no longer there. He must have escaped during the commotion. It took us some time, but we believe we have located where he is now. This is the city of Barlow. It is located over 200 kilometers from any other population center. Several days ago, one of our agents reports an outbreak of an illness that reanimated the bordies of the recently deceased. We were able to cordon the area off. Nothing's gone in, and nothing's come out. Good. You wouldn't want another of those nights from 68 happening again, would you? No, we wouldn't. At least for the moment, we've been able to contain the taint. So why do you need me? You seem to have everything under control. Just send your people in and bring him. Then neutralize the area with an incendiary device. We tried. Every team we sent in has not returned. We believe they may have been... Turned into lunch? Your flippancy is not helping, Byron. I assume you want me to go in and get him out for you. Exactly. And in one piece. We still need him. Why me? Because he trusts you. You were his friend, after all. Well, thanks for the offer. But no. Byron, if we lose control of this, it could cause a pandemic across the globe. In that case, I'd call Clive Lewis. I'm sure he'd love to do an episode of Grand Zero about this. I'm simply not interested in helping the Watch. If we lose containment, your own agenda could be at risk. Did you think about that? As much as I hated to admit it, truth is Malachi was right. If the Watch lost containment of the Undead Plague, it could spread across the face of the whole planet, bringing about chaos the likes of which has never been seen outside of, of movies. And worse, it could disrupt my agenda, 
As much as I hated dealing with the Watch and the Holy See, it seemed I had little choice in the matter. Alright, I'll do it. I'll go and collect your wayward zombie. But I'm going to want something back for this. Like what? One. I want the Watch and your whole order off my back from now on out. If you bring him back to us, I guarantee we shall never bother you again. Two. I want to see the third prophecy. The third prophecy? <laughs> oh, please, Byron. We released that to the public years ago. I'm talking about the real prophecy, not that fiction that was published. I will have to make arrangements, but I believe we can accommodate you on that as well. Good. And I think it's time I was off. Now, where is this village again? Just one moment. Come in, please. Byron, this is Agent Catherine. I believe you may have met. By met, I take it you mean shot in the chest by... I was simply following orders. I very much doubt you would have come willingly. You could have asked before you shot me. What is done is done, Byron. Catherine will be going with you on this mission. With me? Malachi, I work best alone. I will be with you to ensure the Watch's interests are being kept. Ah, I see. I assume this means you don't trust me. Let's just say Catherine will keep you focused on the task at hand. Now, I think it's time you were both off. We rode out to the city in the back of an old military truck. I sat on one side, Catherine on the other with two members of the watch that kept me covered with a pair of rifles. I couldn't tell if these shot tranquilizer darts or bullets, and to be honest, I wasn't all that eager to find out. I've read the watch's dossier on you. Must have been a very stimulating read. There are records on you dating from even before the rise of the Roman Empire. I believe you were called Shelfy back then? Don't believe everything you read. I think what I found most fascinating is that no one knows what you really are. You're not a vampire, not one of the immortals, at least from what we know of them. I hope this doesn't mean you're planning to cut my head off to find out if I'll die. <laughs> of course not. It's just... I'd like to know what you are, Byron. What race are you a part of? Are there any others like you walking the earth? What I am is... It's complicated. But there are others like me walking the world. Really? There are only four of us in all. I have one older brother and two younger sisters. And they're just like you? Well, I wouldn't say they are exactly like me. They've never approved of what I'm doing and see it as a waste of time. That's another thing. Just what is it you're doing? The Watch has never been able to piece it together, but we do believe you're up to something. Everyone is up to something, Catherine. Even you. You work with the Watch to protect humanity from creatures you consider evil. The other races are evil. They're not part of God's divine plan. They are tools of Satan meant to- I've heard the propaganda speeches before. It's funny, but the Watch's views on other races always reminded me of the speeches Hitler gave just before he started rounding up the Jews. What we do protects mankind. I'm sure Hitler felt the same way. As did Joseph McCarthy when he accused ordinary people of being communists in the 50s. Or that so-called Christian coalition when they tried to protect the American family against the radical gay agenda. Hate and fear are a universal constant. What we do is different. Is it, Catherine? Is it really? We spent the rest of the ride in total silence. 
I'd like to think I gave Catherine some food for thought, but I've long since learned when truly someone believes something, nothing you can say or do will change them. I used to believe otherwise, that I could make people see that there was nothing to fear from one another, that the other races and humanity could live together in peace on this world. But I only have to remember the fall of Rome to recall how my actions can cause great harm and unleash great evils. When we arrived at our destination, I discovered a small army. These were the forces that were scattered around the area, keeping the undead plague contained. Unlike other members of the Watch, these troops were dressed in military fatigues and armed to the teeth. A very tall, grizzled-looking man made his way to Catherine and me. So you're him, huh? The mysterious, all-knowing pale man who's going to take care of this reanimate problem for us. Reanimate. Is that what you're calling zombies these days? It's the official term we use in dealing with the walking dead. In that case, yes. I'm the guy they drafted to fix this problem. <sighs> damn waste of time if you ask me. Better to just nuke the whole damn place and call it a day. Actually, I'd be inclined to agree with you there. A well-aimed tactical strike would deal with the problem most efficiently. Then how fortunate that neither of you are in command of this operation. Our orders are quite clear. Byron and I will go in and extract the target. Upon retrieval, you can then nuke the area, if you so wish, Captain Scott. What is our status? More and more reanimates are attempting to breach the barriers. We've had 17 incidents today alone. We still have containment, but if we don't act soon, I can't guarantee we'll be able to keep them all in for much longer. Is everything ready for Byron and me? Yes, ma'am. I've arranged a well-armored jeep that can take you into the city. Thank you, Captain. But we won't be needing it. We won't be needing it? What do you suggest we do? Walk there? Yes. The jeep is far too noisy for what we're trying to do. If we went in there, we'd attract every zombie in the city to our presence. By going in on foot, we'll be able to get around a lot easier and attract far less attention. Fine. We'll walk then. When do you suggest we go? It'll be dark in a few hours. We'll go then. How far away is the city? At a guess, I'd say another five or ten miles. Once we get there, how do you plan to find the target? I thought I'd make a big pot of undead chili and invite everyone over. You have no sense of humor, do you? I'm not paid to have a sense of humor. Just to make sure you do your job. Ah, so that's how it's going to be. Well, to answer your question, I have a few ideas of how to find him. But we'll have to see how things are once we reach the city. I'm surprised there aren't any reanimates in the area. Oh, they're here. What do you mean? I don't hear anything. And you're not listening hard enough. They're there. At least a good dozen of them. And more are joining them every minute. Is this another joke? Stand still for a moment and keep quiet. I don't understand. We haven't seen anything since we started walking. That's how things work in the forest. We're walking right by them, and don't even see them. But they see us, and are following. They can't walk very fast, but they're still after us. But the longer we stay still, the sooner they'll catch up. And what do you think you're going to do with that? Make a few less of them we have to deal with. 
All you'll do by firing that gun is attract more of them. We'd better be off to keep moving. Then I suggest we move. The sooner we recover this person and get out of here, the better. Person? Do you even know who we are after? I was informed that information was need to know, and I did not need to know. I was told you would be the one to deal with the target. <laughs> they never cease to amaze me. The Vatican. You work for them. You're part of their ultra-secret order. Yet they never bother to tell you what we're really after. If they felt I should know, they would have told me. Besides, I know we're after a zombie. Not just any zombie, Catherine. We're after the first zombie. The Miracle of Bethany. The Miracle of Bethany? But isn't that when Jesus... Brought Lazarus back from the dead, yes. But the Bible never tells you the whole story. What Jesus brought back was an empty vessel, devoid of any soul. When the hunger was upon him, he turned into a corrupt creature that spread its taint on all that it fed upon. They, in return, spread the taint upon others. Before Lazarus, there were no zombies. This is... This is hard to believe. Sadly, it's the truth. But... But why do they keep Lazarus around? Why not simply put him down? Because they can't. Lazarus's body is constantly regenerating itself. It's practically impossible to destroy him. Besides, the Vatican sees his resurrection as a holy miracle. A gift from the Son of God. And unless we find a way to stop Lazarus, that gift could destroy all life on Earth. We walked most of the night. Just before dawn, we came upon the ruins of what had once been a great city. Many buildings were burning. Great clouds of black smoke rose, giving the morning sun a hazy orange shade which spread over everything. The wreckage of cars littered the roads. Broken glass from shop windows crunched under our boots. And, of course, there were the walking dead. Hundreds, maybe even thousands of them wandering everywhere, all with a dull, vacant look to their faces. It was far too dangerous to make our way into the city during daylight hours. So Catherine and I holed up on the second floor of an abandoned hotel. Catherine fell asleep on the bed, clutching her gun close to her. It was clear she still didn't trust me. I, however, chose to stay awake. I stood at the window and looked out over the ruins of the city. Malachi had told me they had cordoned the city off. Nothing got in, nothing got out. I'd assumed that meant there was no longer anyone alive in the city. I soon learned that I was wrong. Just after noon, I watched a young girl running through the streets. She was being chased by several zombies. For a moment I thought I should try and help her, but then I realized that to do so would put this whole operation at risk. So I stood there and did nothing. I watched as the dead caught the girl and began to tear at her skin. Her screams filled the air, bringing more of the dead out who started to feed upon her flesh. All the while, Nothing. Nothing but watch in silence. Until the screaming stopped. It left me wondering if there was anyone else out there still alive. 
evening fell, Catherine woke. So, what's the plan? Find Lazarus and get the hell out of here. Yes, but how do we go about doing that? Come over to the window and I'll show you. Tell me, what do you see? Buildings burning and a lot of zombies. Is there anything there that stands out to you? Not really. Why should there be? Look to the east. Do you see that church near the town square? See anything odd about it? No. No, I don't. Every building in this city is either burning or all the windows have been shattered out. Yet somehow that church seems to be in a preserved state. Nothing happens to it. Meaning what? Meaning that's where we'll find Lazarus. That's it. That's your plan. You're going to risk our lives just because some church has not had its windows knocked in? If you have a better place to look, I'd love to hear it. It's amazing you've lived as long as you have. Your kind takes risks that no sane human ever would. It's why in the end humans will always win the day and your kind will end up on the garbage heap. Maybe, maybe not. Shall we go find out if I was right or not? Lead the way. We made our way from the hotel to the church, always making sure to avoid any contact with the walking dead. It was not long before we were on the steps leading into the church, but once there we encountered a problem. What are you waiting for? Open it up. I can't. The door's locked. I suggest you get the door open. We're starting to attract unwanted attention. Fine then. That's not exactly what I meant. Help me get that cabinet up against the door. That should do it. That won't hold them out for very long. If I'm right, it won't have to. We went into the church. It was dark except for some candles that were burning on the altar. And there kneeling before the image of Christ was Lazarus. He held a cross in his hands and was deep in prayer. I almost felt sorry to disturb him. Hello, Lazarus. It's me. Huh? By Byron? Is it really you? Yes. Yes, I'm here. You know him? He was held captive like I was. That's where we met. We'd play chess from time to time when his mind was clear and the hunger wasn't on him. Why are you here, Myra? Are you the answer to my prayers? I very much doubt I'm the answer to anyone's prayers. The Holy See has asked me to... Well, bring you back. No. No, I can't go back there. You know what it's like. You know. You know what they'll do to me. You don't have any choice in the matter. I will not be taken back. You have nothing to fear from me, my friend. I will not bring you back to them. What? But you made a deal with Cardinal Malachi to bring him back! What can I say? I lied. 
Then why did you come here? I think that would be obvious. I'm here to say goodbye. You're ready now, aren't you, Lazarus? Yeah. This is all I have wanted for centuries. Freedom from this existence. Freedom from hunger. I can't, can't believe the things I've done. It's not your fault. The hunger drives you to act that way. But it will be over soon. Thank you, my friend. But you need to know something first. The things we used to discuss. The things we talked about. Even now the hour grows close. I know. I've felt it for some time now. I'll be ready when the hour comes. Or so I hope. What are you talking about? Nothing that needs concern you. I think you should step back now, Catherine. This could be bad. I know you're watching. He's been praying to you long enough. If you're planning to do something, now would be a good time. Lazarus's prayer was granted. He's free of his curse. But there's nothing left of him. Only ash. You said it was impossible to destroy Lazarus. No. I said it was practically impossible to destroy him. But if something powerful enough came along, it could eliminate the creature that Lazarus had become. You're coming back with me. You're going to answer for what you've done. Somehow I think you're going to be a little too busy to deal with me. We have to get out of here, Byron. Now. Byron? Byron, where are you? Where did you go? No, stay back! Stay away from me! No! 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 The watch incinerated the city a day after Catherine and I were due to report back. All the walking dead in that area were safely destroyed. Somehow they were able to suppress the event from getting to the news media. Maybe I should drop a note to Clive Lewis. It would definitely give him something to look into for his show. I made it back to Portland safely. But there is no doubt I have opened a whole new set of problems with the Vatican. Oh well, I'll worry about that another time. I still have this growing drug problem to deal with first, but for today I think I drink a toast to an old friend who I used to play chess with and enjoy the spring weather. You have been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Episode 1, The Taint. Featured in the cast were Laura Post as Agent Catherine, Shane Harris as Cardinal Malachi, Pete Mylon as Captain Scott, Gareth Preston as Lazarus, and David Alt as Byron. This episode was written, directed, and produced by Eric Busby. Post-production work by Eric Busby. This has been a Docker Projects production.
Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom, presented to you by the Mutual Audio Network, the network where we can all listen and imagine together. Hi, I'm Perky Marlins, and welcome back to Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom. Last week, we traveled to the wilds of Audio Island, which is in the western edge of that place some call the Bermuda Triangle. We went there to check on the progress of an audio drama producer who we have re-educated into the aspects of surviving in the wilds of the audio podverse. This wild creature, who Jim has named Bobo, has been used by society as a data entry clerk, a bartender, a project manager, an exotic dancer, and a biomedical research subject. The Mutual Audio Network's re-education project gives our young friend an opportunity for a productive life, in Bobo's natural environment, as an audio drama or comedy producer. The rehabilitation of this magnificent, wild, and creative animal includes a chance to reach a wider range of distribution and the extra exposure that brings, along with free production resources and the potential to make some money. Bobo has been hard at work on a first masterpiece, and right now, we can see Jim giving Bobo some feedback on the final mix. That's pretty good, Bobo. I'm just not sure about the choice of background music. It seems to be a bit too... No! No, I'm sorry, Bobo! No, don't, don't, don't hurt me, Bobo! <laughs> Artists. Sometimes they can get a bit touchy. Well, Jim knew the job was dangerous when he took it. Join us next week as Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom will visit a pack of voice actors living in the hidden valleys of darkest Nova Scotia. For more information about the Mutual Audio Network, go to mutualaudionetwork.com or inquire at mutualaudio at gmail.com. Oh. 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 Oh.